0: All right, so we're just gonna introduce ourselves in this song. We are Somians, we are Africans, we are children of the Lord. We are Somians, we are Somians, we are Africans, we are. Children We are Zambians, we are Zambians, we are Africans, we are two, we are one in the kingdom, let's come together. We are the other sin-
1: Uh, where we come from from Africa we have chiefdoms and it's amazing when you go before the king how you humble yourself sometimes you fall down then you clap on the other side doesn't matter what you are putting on, you clap the other side also, you go before the king. So sometimes I come from the shout when you go before the king. Like you are two groups, then the other will say, Asha, Asha, Asha. Then the asha. other group will say, Asha. So if you want to shout like that, you can shout. So when I say, Asha, Asha, Asha. <laughs> so for you, you say, Asha. Okay. Asha. Asha. Asha.
0: asha. Asha, 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 Asha,
1: Asha, 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 Asha,
0: Oh, great.
2: Men believe that no one is too hard for God to break I'm one of those that changed my life but my life before I was born again I would say I was bad I was bad but I did all sorts of stuff none of those reason, one of those things was I never used to obey my parents I was stop on my parents one day I went home late and they were in the living room. I went in the house. The cold sat me down and said, son, why is it that don't listen to what we tell you? I was like, ah, dad, what's up? But that was a setup. on a Sunday the following morning, I went to church and uh, it happened that my Sunday school teacher that day taught about obedience. So what I was thinking was, did mom or dad call my Sunday school teacher and say, do you just teach about <laughs> obedience? Of which they didn't. But that was how God planned it. And just after my Sunday school class, I went to the main church. I remember looking at the preacher preaching, not knowing what I was preaching about. Then I joined the baptism class. That's where my encounter with Jesus, is where you're a You're taught who's, who, who is Jesus in your life. And I was convicted how bad it was. And I gave my life to Jesus. And from that time up to now, he's changed my life. I'm still growing. And I love what I'm doing. Amen. Amen. That's a little bit of what I can go on and on and on and on. There's so much that God is doing. Stay blessed. I'm going to sing a song. It's in English.
0: i yeah.
3: Again. Good to see you, I get the pleasure of following that act there, so I do not sing or dance, and my wife can attest to that, though I try. Um, we did live for five years in Zambia, so we did pick up a few moves and a few words here and there, but uh, I, won't give, I won't give you those this morning either. Uh, no, but Zambia is a beautiful country. Just by a show of hands, how many of you have been to Zambia? If you've been to Zambia, I know you guys have gone several times, so how many of you want to go to Zambia? I hope you, I hope you will do that. It's a, it's a wonderful place. Our Bible college there has uh, these guys plus a hundred more, just like them. Uh, wonderful and full full of energy, and Zambian people are very, uh, it's the real Africa, they say. Yes. Uh, Zimbabwe says the same thing As well as Malawi and all of those other countries So I don't know which one's the real one But Zambia is the real one, guys okay. You know, I feel a strange affinity this morning also to you Pastor, when you put up that flag uh, I was born in Maryland And I've long been removed from Maryland All over the place You can blame my parents, they're here um, but I was born in Chestertown, Maryland, so I have a little bit, that flag is a beautiful flag. I will agree with that. And uh, I am glad to be home, so to speak, here this morning with you guys. Uh, my name is Steven, if you called that. Um, I am married, I have a wife, Amy I have five children, the oldest being almost eight. So we are busy. That's what happens when your missionary missionaries in the bush of Africa. <laughs> be careful. I know some of you said you want to go over there. You never know. But um, they couldn't be here with us this morning. So keep her in your prayers. Her hands are full. Um, but I am very glad to be here with you this morning. And it's my privilege to be able to share with you from the Word of God. And then also, to about what we do, why we're doing it, and how you can be involved. So turn with me, if you would, to... John chapter 17. We'll take a few minutes in the Word of God, if that's okay. I feel like we've been worshiping this morning here, even though we don't know all the songs. We've been worshiping and it's been great. Let's pray before we get started. Father, we do ask that you would just completely level us by your Word. Your Word, God is what teaches us. Sometimes, God, your word breaks us. Lord, your word is sharp. It can divide us. It can cut apart the things which shouldn't be there, God. It can reveal the things which are beneath the surface of our lives. God, your word gives us hope. Your word gives us joy. Your word gives us life. And so we want to come to your word, God, with not just respect, but with anticipation, Lord, that we know you want to speak to us and challenge us, God. And so we pray that you would be glorified, we pray that you would be honored in what's said here this morning, and that you would just give us a glimpse, Lord, of your goodness, and your glory, and your plan for all of mankind. So we praise you, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to look at John chapter 17. I know you're very familiar with John 17. It's Jesus' high priestly prayer. Many great men have written many great things about this passage. And I have like 15 minutes to share it with you, you know. Uh, That's the beauty of going at the end of the program is that I get like 15 minutes. But I'm going to do my best. This passage, Jesus' words here are very wonderful. Very encouraging. You know, this passage is broken up really into three sections. You have the first five verses of this passage, John 17... Where Jesus is speaking to the Father. And he prays that God would glorify him. So that he can glorify God. The second set of verses. He goes on and he prays for the disciples. Which God had given to him there. He prays for his disciples also. To share in that glory. To be unified. In the purpose of their unification. He says so that they would be sanctified. And then he closes and he prays for us. He says in the very last part of John 17, he says, Let them also be one like us, with us. Let them be unified, that's me and you. So that the world may know that Jesus came and he was sent by the Father. So that the world might experience the love of God. So this passage is really about unity. And that's what I want to talk about to you this morning. is the necessity of unity in the gospel effort. That's what we're going to look at. So just look at the first five verses. Jesus says these words. He lifted his eyes up to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also might glorify you. As you've given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. We stop there for a minute. This is just a wonderful passage. Jesus says, I have finished the work which you've given me to do. The hour has come. The moment which was ordained. The Bible says even that Jesus was slain before the foundations of the earth. And now we're at this moment. Jesus looking to the cross Looking to the suffering, knowing what lies ahead. He says, Father, glorify me that I may glorify you. And just to say, that's what it's all about. Even the cross of Christ, when we look at it. Sometimes we make the mistake of even putting ourselves there first. But it's not about us. It's about God. Father, glorify me that I may glorify you. He prays this prayer to the Father. What I love about this passage is that he he shows here his intention and his determination in life. You remember Jesus, he always had this determination. When he's 12 years old, there, he's in the temple, he gets left behind, his parents come to speak to him. He says to his parents, kind of as a matter of fact, did you not realize that what? I would be about my father's business. 12 years old, you know? Later on, he's, uh, there's many instances, but one instance where the disciples go on ahead of them, him and they leave him behind at this well in Samaria. He meets this woman there and he's ministering to her. And then they come back and they say, Jesus, look, we brought this food for you. And what does he say? Do you not know I have meat here which you do not know about? My, wheat, my meat is to do the will of my Father who sent me. Again, with this intention and this determination. He tells Peter one time, Peter, get behind me, Satan. He's determined. He's intentioned living his life with purpose. So this is a wonderful passage. How many of you think this is a little bit of a difficult passage? Because when I look at that, and then I look at myself, it's kind of... We get easily distracted, don't we? It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to live our lives for our children, or for our families, or for our works, or for our dreams and ambitions... But when we look to Jesus, we see that really the only thing that matters is the glory of God and the work which he's left us to do. And so we need to live with that kind of attention. Even though this is difficult, we need to try to follow the example of Jesus that he lays out for here. It's a difficult task, but it's one that we can do and one that we should do. The gospel story, as you well know, does not end on the cross. The work of Jesus ends. He says what? It is finished. But the work of the gospel—it's a continuing story, isn't it? It continues with us because we are the body of Christ. And the work is still going because He left us here, and He said, "What?" In Matthew 28, go therefore into all the earth and make disciples of all nations, teaching them all things that I've taught you. And listen, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. So the gospel story continues with you and me. Have you realized that? You and me. And I know it's difficult because we look at ourselves and we say, wow, I'm so flawed or distracted, busy, or failing on so many levels. But here's the good news that I want to share with you. God uses flawed people. The Bible says that he actually uses broken vessels, so that the glory would be to him. And again, it's all about God's glory. So that the glory would be to him, he uses broken vessels. Flawed vessels. In fact, when you look throughout the scriptures, you see that failure is almost a prerequisite for serving and being used by God. Did he ever use anybody perfect, save Jesus? No, in fact, on the contrary, he used so many people who were utter failures, murderers, doubters, these things. He used them for his glory. So does God want to use us this morning in a big way, isn't it? He wants to use us in a big way. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, He is able to do more than you have ever imagined through the power that is at work within you. And he goes on and he says, Through this, let God receive all glory for all ages through the church forever and ever. Amen. And so again, God God wants to use us to accomplish his work. Here's another bit of good news. God doesn't want to use us individually. He also wants to use us corporately. Nothing that we do is individual. Everything that we do is seen in the context of what God is doing through us. Because he didn't leave us here alone, did he? No, he unified us. He brought us together so that we could go out into the nations and make disciples. The work of the gospel was meant to be done together as the body. It's accomplished through the unity in the body of Christ. So we will jump forward just a few verses as I truck along here. Verse number 11. Or sorry, we're going to skip the middle section for the sake of time. We'll go to verse number 20. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but I also pray for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That... I think that's an important word, that. So that the world may believe that you sent me. So one thing which we can't dig too much into, but which I think is really important, is that it is actually our unity as the body of Christ, which enables us to be the voice, the body, the message of Christ to this world. There's a wonderful passage in Psalm, Psalm 133, it says how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. For it is as the oil which is poured upon the head, even on the beard, which is even Aaron's beard, which flows even down his robes, all the way to the hems of his garments. And you know, Aaron was the high priest of the Lord, and I think it's a beautiful picture there when you look at it, because the oil which is poured over his head was for what purpose? To sanctify him for that work that he had. The work which he had as the priest of the Most High God there. So that oil that's poured over his head is a picture of what? It's a picture of our unity. It's also a picture of the Holy Spirit, which we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit, too. But that oil's poured upon his head, and that oil sanctifies him. So in a way, he says how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It's the same thing with us today. Our unity with the Father enables us because of His Spirit. It sanctifies us to do His work. Our unity with one another as the body of Christ enables us. This verse, Jesus says, Let them be one so that the world may believe that you sent me. And so I think it's very important that we note that this morning, that we are in this thing together. Like it or not, we are in it together. Is that good or bad? I think it's good. Because we have many gifts, many talents. The body is growing as each joint gives that which it has for the building up and the edifying of the body in love. So, together in this thing, we're able to accomplish the work of God in a powerful way. What is the result of the body being unified? Well, you know, John is here. It doesn't take any long, any that much time to see the effect. Of this thing. If you look at Acts chapter 2, another passage you're very familiar with. uh, There, the early church after the day of Pentecost. Notice the day of Pentecost that they are what? They're together where? In the upper room. Together in the upper room, waiting, waiting for the comforter which God had promised. And as they're together there, the Holy Spirit descends on all of them, anoints them, so to speak. And the church is born. Together, the church is born. And so I think it's an important thing. But look what happens here. You talk about unity. This is another difficult passage to read because all of us have been part of churches, right? But when you read these verses and you see the type of church they were part of, it makes it kind of difficult sometimes. But in chapter 2, verses 44 to 47, it says, All who believed were together. All who believed were together. And had all things in common. And that doesn't simply mean that they had things in common because they were all from Jerusalem. Or they were all from Maryland. Or all from Zambia. That's true. We have things in common. Commonality. But the word that's used here actually means that all the things they had, they saw as being common things. Both common in the sense that they're simple and they're not something to be held on to. But also common in the sense that they belong to everybody. So it says the early church was together, all of them, and they had all things in common. And then it goes on and it says, all who believed were there. they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God, having favor with all people. And then it says, the last part, which is really important. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So, that is difficult to read. Sometimes we might feel like we don't live up to it. They had all things in common together as one. What was the result of their unity? Signs. If you read in Acts, it says signs and wonders were taking place. People were in awe of God worshiping him. There was a movement of the spirit taking place there. And it says that God was adding to their numbers daily. That's the result of our unification. When the body of Christ gets together and starts acting out the love of God which has been shed abroad in our hearts. When the body of Christ gets together and starts pouring out through the Spirit of God into communities, things start happening. God starts adding to their number day by day. And it all comes back to what? To the unity that we have. First with God, with His Spirit, but also the unity that we have with one another. Because we are a body and we know we're only, only as good as we are as a body. We don't act alone. So this morning, I stand before you here as we close this out. I I bring it to a close. I want to just encourage you with two things. First of all, I want to encourage you in your personal pursuit of God's will for your life. Again, I don't know you. Yes, we're both from Maryland, but I don't know you. You don't know me. But what I do know is that you're known by Him, by God. He knows you. He knows the plans He has for you. He knows you before you were ever born. The Bible says all your days were accounted for. He has beset you behind and before. He doesn't do anything by chance, but He works by circumstance. Everything in our life leading to this moment and beyond is part of His plan of how He wants to use you. And yes, we may be average, some of us. Some of us less than average. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. God has... Great things in store for each of us. And so I'm encouraging you this morning to pursue that with reckless abandonment. Just like Jesus, he said, I have to be about my father's business. And we have to be about God's business. Whatever that means for your life, I encourage you to seek it out, to surrender to it, to allow God to do it in you. And then secondly, I'm encouraging you, join the body of Christ in the deepest way possible. Locally here, and also too internationally. You guys are going over there to Zambia. You're going to other places, I'm sure. I'm encouraging you, get involved in the work. If it means going, or if it means sending, whatever it means, praying, I encourage you, get wholeheartedly involved in the work of the gospel through the body of Christ. Those are my two encouragements. I want to just begin to close out by giving you some opportunities. You know, Gospel Inc., our desire is to be a global link for the local church. So we want to give you opportunities to be a part of the work that God is doing. We'll run through a few slides here and see if anything jumps out at you. But We've gone over the mandate already that Jesus has given us in Matthew 28. I think everybody knows this by heart. We won't spend any time on it, but I know we all believe it. So how is Gospel Inc. trying to help accomplish that? Well, first of all, you see there the continent of Africa. It is sometimes called the dark continent. Dark in a sense that in many ways there are so many pockets of people who are yet waiting to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are 3,000 ethno-linguistic groups there. In, in Africa, in the continent of Africa, 10% of the world's population is there. Technology, sorry. 1,800 languages are spoken. 30% of the world's total Bible translation, 600 languages are there. It's a very poor continent. Only 2% of the world's earnings are generated in Africa. Uh, Zambia, actually, um, it's getting a little bit better, but Zambia, up until a few years back, was the poorest country in the world, with the largest percentage of people living below the international poverty line, meaning they make less than $2.50 a day. And you say, how do you live on $2.50? You don't. You survive, barely. You don't live on $2.50 a day. So, it's a very poor place. And then as far as religions, 260 million Muslims, 100 million Catholics, and so on, over 1,000 of the world's least reach people groups are in the continent of Africa. And not just to mention spiritually, but politically, Africa is a place that many countries in the world are trying to dominate and to marginalize. And so if we're going to accomplish the great mandate which God has given us to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, then Africa has to be something that we are, you know, seeking to minister to and to be a part of. One way we're doing that, beyond the sponsorship of national preachers, uh, we started our work in Zambia with one national preacher, and today Gospel Inc. has 1,300 national preachers around the world, not just in Africa, but in India, in Eastern Europe, in Vietnam. In different places, so there's a lot of work that we're doing. But in Zambia, we have our inaugural Bible College, where these guys are coming from, and like I said, about a hundred others. So there at the Bible College, we're located on a 325-acre campus in the middle of the bush of Africa. It's amazing. You think there's nothing there, and all of a sudden, you pull onto our campus where you find uh, what 160 buildings. 80 of them completed 80 of them still yet to be completed so it's a big vision a vision which encompasses hundreds of students in the future which will be there not just from Zambia but we have students from Zambia and Zimbabwe and Malawi and Mozambique and hopefully India one day and all of these other places that would be our goal to have an international Bible college there this year we have just passed 100 students we started five or six years ago I, I believe with 12 students and now we're passing just over 100 so it's a great thing there's a lot of things that are happening there the students there are on a on a work-study program they get a four-year degree a bachelor of theology and also a minor in education so that they can be fully equipped uh, to go out and to do their calling their ministry these are a picture of some this is a picture of some of the students here Could you name them all? Yeah, all hundred? You know, they all speak a lot of different languages there, too. And they all argue and debate about which tribe is the best. It's the Bimbas, the Tongas, or the... It's the Bimbas. Oh, those, you see? Get them started. Zambia has 70-something different tribes. So it's a very uh, diverse country. It also helps because they've never had any wars, because there's no one tribe big enough, I don't think, to dominate. So we have a sponsorship program that you could be a part of. If you see these guys and you'd like to help to train them and some other guys and girls like them, you can help us by sponsoring them. Um, we currently have a need for 22 freshman students to be sponsored. These students again this year are coming from Malawi, Mozambique, and Zambia. And so their sponsorship that you're giving them, they don't pay anything to go to college. They get a four-year degree. They are involved in a work-study program, so they're growing their own food, they're helping to do construction, they're helping and learning about different trades, whether it be electricity or auto mechanics or, you know, agriculture. So what we're asking for is somebody like you to come alongside and give a small sponsorship to these guys, which helps us to cover their books and their medical needs and some of their supplies and, and different things like that. So we have a need for 22 uh, freshmen sponsorships. We have a need for four graduate sponsorships, and what these are, these are some guys that have gone through our program, and girls, and now we're continuing with them as they continue in their ministry. A lot of them will continue on their own, they'll be sent out by us as church planters or missionaries to other countries, but some of them will remain behind and work directly with us on the campus or on other locations that we have. And so. We're asking, uh, looking for four sponsorships for these graduates that are continuing with us. And then finally, maybe, if it comes up, we're looking for two sponsorships for our, oh, there it is. I didn't have to look at it. If I turn my back, it'll work. Two sponsorships for some teachers. As you know, your pastor has taught for us there. A lot of our teachers come over in that fashion. They spend a couple of weeks with us in the country. But some of our teachers that we have actually stay there full time and teach continually. And so we do need some help with these guys to cover their salaries and everything that that they need for their living on campus with us. How much does all of this cost? Just $50 a month. $50 a month secures any one of these sponsorships. 80% of that $50 goes directly to that need. 20% goes to the administration and what has to happen here to make everything happen. So really, $50, you can join in something that is making a tremendous impact in the lives of ultimately hundreds of young Africans and people from other places internationally. You can do that. You can be a part of it. It's an open-ended arrangement. We ask people to start and continue as long as they can. And when you can no longer continue, we totally understand. It's something that we are doing day in and day out, and we get how things are. But we do know that right here this morning, there's many people that can be a part of this work. And maybe God would lead you to, to, to do that. What would that look like for you? Last slide, I think, here as I close included in your sponsorship, one of the things that makes us unique is that we actually want you to be connected. We call ourselves Gospel Link, and we'd like to link you directly with these people living and doing the work of God overseas. And so when you get involved with us, you actually get the chance to pick out who it is you want to get involved with. You get to see their picture, you get to read their bio and see what they're about, and in some cases you might even meet them face to face if you go over there or something like that. You get to see that. Number two, we give you some information to help you remember them and to pray for them. And then finally, every quarter, they give you some information about their life, what's going on. You get a handwritten letter from these guys talking about what they've been doing and what they're up to and what their plans are. So I think if you would, take the time to stop by the table and speak to us. Take the time to see these guys and speak to them and, 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 and get the chance to know them. And then let me go back again and just say in closing, not to lose sight of it. God does want to use each of us to accomplish more than we've ever imagined through the power that is at work in us. And with that, I say God bless you. Be filled and be busy for God. Thank you very much.
1: more song uh, you might you might be feeling hunger you're like you know uh, there's lunch across the hall uh, hopefully you can smell it maybe it's been been building uh, the, the smell has been, been building you're, you're you're hungry you want to meet these guys you want to talk to them um, just walk across the hall we're going to pray and then they're going to come and, and sing and uh, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed but I, I urge you to just spend some time interacting and, uh, and, and getting to know these guys Um, Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to to hear these words and to hear about this opportunity to connect. We pray that that you would, Father, by your grace, enable us to search out how it is that we should be part of your mission in the world. Uh, Help us to to count the cost and to give. Help us to uh, arrange our schedule, which so often seems to arrange our lives, so that we can go and be part of of what it is that you're doing we pray that, that you would break our heart for the needs of the world lord we who have been given so much and those who've been given much much will be required may we rightly orient our lives so that we can say that that we pursued your calling on our lives with passion and father we thank you for the opportunity to uh, to live in a time where we can connect with people from around the world and, uh, and, and see the Great Commission moving forward in leaps and bounds in the lives of individuals. Thank you for the opportunity to gather here today. Thank you for the friends that are gathered in this room, and thank you for what you're going to do throughout the years of our lives as you uh, use us in the Great Commission. We thank you. We love you. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name we here.
0: sing a song that would the an English bat and the African we <duy con>